Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Derrida, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, October 29th, 2017. Our text for the day comes from Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy a proportion of faith, ministry and ministering, the teacher and teaching, the exhorter and exhortation, the giver and generosity, the leader and diligence, the compassionate and cheerfulness. We're in the middle of a series on our five vows of membership. Promises we make to God and to each other when we commit to joining a United Methodist congregation. Those five vows are that we will support our church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. This week, the gift of presence is the one that I do not want to preach on at all. I don't want to preach on it because it's hard. It's hard and it makes us have to think. And it's challenging and it's going to make us think about things we don't want to think about. Preaching about prayer is easy. We're called to do it. Prayer, preaching about giving is very simple. We all know what 10% of our household gross is. Just write the check, be done with it. That's easy. Service. This is not a have it your way kind of place. The Christian community is not. That's easy to preach about. And witness, living our lives in such a way that we witness to God's grace that we've encountered in the church, that's easy. But we get to this little one about we, the second of our vows, we will support the church with our presence. And I was thinking as last month, a couple months ago, as I was working on this sermon in detail, I was thinking about my confirmation class back in the dark ages of 1988, okay? I was thinking about how one of the things that my friend and mentor Joe taught us in that class was he said, don't forget, you're not making this promise to a pastor. You're not making this promise to a building. You are not making this promise to fulfill only when you're in a good mood or when things are going the way you want them to go. He said, you are making this promise to God and to each other. And that has never left my mind 29 years later that these vows of membership that we take are not made to a pastor. They're not made to a leader. They're not made to... They are made to each other and to God. And they're not situational vows. I'm going to let you in on a deep, dark, dirty little secret about your pastor this morning. There are some Sunday mornings, especially when I wake up and it's 32 degrees, I want to pull the cover over my head and I want to stay home. Has anybody else felt that way this morning or is it just me? Come on, let's be honest, let's be honest. Tell me the thought didn't cross your mind. 
at least once, say, hey man, I'm going to sit this one out. I didn't know we were going to have Sam Jones sitting on the front row or I would have publicized it this morning. But here's the thing, in all seriousness, the ministry of presence is essential to the health of a congregation. It's also essential to the health of your individual soul. Because as we go back and we look at Acts, we look at specifically the second chapter of Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit brought the church together. We are the body of Christ of which He is the head. We are the manifestation of God's presence here on earth. And when we do not fulfill the vow of presence for whatever reason, and I'm not talking about just Sunday morning, when we choose to, not for whatever reason, we are not only robbing ourselves of the ministry of others to bless us, but we are robbing others of what God may be trying to do in us. Our passions run very high when it comes to life in the church. And while feelings are not foolish, they do fool you. And we can allow our emotions to get in the way from time to time. I'm glad we didn't go extra innings last night. It would have been even harder to get out of bed. But speaking of the World Series, there was a great Hall of Fame pitcher for the New York Yankees back in the late 70s named Catfish Hunter. And Catfish Hunter was a good old boy from North Carolina. And he was hurt, and this was in the middle of some consternation with Reggie Jackson and Billy Martin, the manager and the star outfielder. And the reporters came to Catfish Hunter and he said, what do y'all th they said, what do you think about this? I'm gonna have to clean it up a little bit here, but you'll get the sense. He said, if you can't pitch, don't complain. If I'm not out there on that field contributing to the work of this team, I've got no business sitting in here talking about it. And I thought about that as I was watching the World Series, as I was paying attention to it. Because part of the ministry of presence is supporting and loving one another. And Paul's writing to the church at Rome full of the Gentiles who have just recently come to the faith, and they have a struggle that they're dealing with. They're having a struggle in the fact that this is all a brand new deal. How do we live this out? We've lived our lives according We've lived our lives according to certain ways of the world. But now through Christ, and I'm not going to blow the air horn again, but through Christ, we have been shown a more excellent way. We have been shown a way that is sacrificial. We have been shown a way that is loving. We've been shown a way that points not to ourselves but to others. You cannot look at Jesus' life and say that faith is about me. And part of the ministry of presence is a constant reminder of how God uses every one of us to bless another. And in our brief time this morning, this new life in Christ that we see in the 12th chapter of Romans, Paul starts out with a challenge to present our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Then he goes on and he says something even more profound. 
He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Paul say, if we're going to come to Christ, it involves transformation. If you are the same person after responding to God's grace that you were before, then we need to have a talk. Because God's grace is nothing if it is not transformative. And that's hard because you can live an absolutely moral life without having Christ in your life. But you cannot live a faithful life. He goes on, he says, Transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. And when we allow ourselves, for whatever reason, to separate ourselves from being present in the ministries of the church, and trust me, being present on Tuesday night at our Fall Fest, being present at our centenary concert, being present at special services, being present at our bazaar, being present on the float parade, being present in a million different ways, is part of the transformation that God is doing within us. Because we're no longer looking at ourselves, but we're looking at God. And He had to start out this process because we are no longer conformed by the standards of our world. Our faithfulness to God, our participation in the life of the church, our participation in worship is not about money. It's not about power. It's not about how long you've been something. It doesn't matter all that kind of stuff because that's how the world measures. The world teaches us that we are so important that we had better build up our own egos, better build up our own stature. We better have within everything a hierarchy. And that's simply not the way the church works. And when we are present, we are reminded of the absolute essential nature of being part of the body of Christ. But we go into the last five verses. There are four specific things related to the ministry of presence that Paul talks about here. First thing we see is in verse 3. He says, and we, we, we need to hear this, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. None of us, brothers and sisters, none of us are more important in the body of Christ than another. None of us are more important in the body of Christ than another. It's human nature. It's human nature for us to fall into the trap of trying to develop a hierarchy. And Paul was saying to these who have lived their life one way and are now, now accepting the grace of God in Christ, he's saying none of y'all are more important than any other. How much would it change our lives as individuals and as a church, as a mission field, if we truly embodied the fact that no one is more important than anyone else? How would that transform everything? How would that transform First United Methodist Church? How would that transform who you are? Because the flip side of this argument is no one should think of themselves more highly than they are, and we're going to get to this later, but also no one is unimportant. Unimportant. 
He's holding those two things in tension, as we'll see in a little bit. And it's hard for us to look at that because we want a meritocracy by nature. But you notice not to more think highly of your, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but to with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. To the measure of faith God has assigned. It's not something we get by checking off boxes. It's not something we get by saying, well, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I've been on this, I've done this, I've attended this. I've done... There's none of that there. We think of ourselves based on the faith that God has given us, not by anything we have earned. Not by anything we have earned. He goes on and says, For as in one body we have many members, and not all members have the same function. No two people are exactly the same participants in our community of faith. No two people are exactly the same participants in our community of faith. That one should be simple. That one should be pretty simple. Well, yeah, preacher, we're all different. Even identical twins have different fingerprints. This isn't hard, but think about it for a minute. Let's look at it through the lens of the ministry of presence. When we choose for whatever reason to separate ourselves from being present in the ministry of God, we are robbing the community of a specific role that only we can play. When we choose to remove ourselves from participation and the ministry of presence, we are saying to God that you wasted your time on me, God, because I have nothing to give to anyone else. I have no role to play in the body of Christ. And that's just not biblical. We, each and every one of us, has a role to play. And it is the height of sinful arrogance when except for reasons of infirmity, is the height of spiritual arrogance when we dare to rob one another of our presence and the worship and mission of the church. Because what we are saying is that we know best. But it's right there. It's right there. Everyone has a role to play. No two are the same. Not all the members have the same function goes on and says, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of one another. The reality is we all need each other. We all need each other. No matter who we are, we all need one another. Now, we don't want to fall into the trap of going on an ego trip with this. Because while we all have a different role to play, and while we all do need each other, let us remember the baseline of all of this. This is God's ministry and not ours. And we must remember that we need each other. We must remember that we all have an individual role to play, not to inflate our sense of self-importance. 
But we remember this to stay humble. We remember this so that we don't lose sight of the fact that no individual is more important. And we don't lose sight of the fact that we hurt others. We hurt others. We hurt the church. We hurt our fellow believers when we choose not to participate in the ministry of presence for whatever reason. I remember one time I was down on the bayou and I had a 12-year-old kid that was playing travel ball. And his mother came to my office and said, Preacher, we're not going to be in church the next three months. We're playing travel ball. I said, well, it's one of those fine lines. She says, I don't know how to fix this. I do not want my family to not be in church. I said, it's very simple. Your kid's the ace of the staff, isn't he? She said, yeah. I said, he's the best pitcher on the team. Yeah. I said, I know of no travel ball coach that wants to lose. If you tell coach he ain't available on Sundays, coach is going to change his mind. And the thing, that's why I said preaching on the ministry of presence is hard. Because it's essential to who we are as a church. And we all tug at these things. We all have a million activities we want to play with. I wish LSU kicked off at 2 o'clock every Saturday afternoon. I wish we had other ways that we could do things to where we wouldn't have to make these decisions about where we are in the body of Christ. And we wouldn't have to make these decisions about being present or not being present. But it's at the essential nature of our life as a community. And that leads us into our fourth point of how the ministry of presence works. Verse 6, We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. We have gifts according to the grace that's given to us. And that's the fourth thing we must remember, that God's grace is what empowers our community of faith. It is God's grace which empowers the gifts that are work when we come together in the ministry of presence. It is God's grace. Not our social stature, not our checkbook, not our longevity, not our seniority, none of that stuff that the world uses to measure someone's power. No. It is God's grace alone. God's grace is what empowers our community of faith. God's grace is what empowers our community of faith. You know, Paul didn't just go through the list and say, here are the gifts that you have been given. He didn't just go through and say, here are some of the gifts that are present in the life of our community. He couched it first and foremost through the lens of God's grace. Through the lens of God's grace. And the reason why our participation and the life of the church has to be rooted in God's grace is for it to be rooted anywhere else leads us away from looking at the cross. It's why the most important thing parents can do for their child's faith development is twofold. Number one, your kids need to see you reading scriptures, praying, and going to Bible studies and stuff outside of Sunday morning worship. But the second thing is your kids must see you Worshiping in the life of the church. The kids must see you present 
and the ministries of the church. And our kids need to be reminded of that because when they walk around and say, man, look at these ladies who put together their bazaar. With all due respect to the ladies, it wasn't the ladies, it was God's grace working through the ladies. We put on a fall fest. It's not look at the work that Kim and her volunteers did. It's look at what God did through them. When we come together and we put in two years, 450 flood buckets together. We don't say, look at what we did. We look, we say what, we look at what God's grace allowed us to do. When we do these things, they must be rooted in the grace of God. For when we allow our lives and we allow our presence to be rooted in the grace of God, then everything else will fall into place. The title of the series is the most heavenly harvest, reaping the gifts that God has so graciously sown in our lives. Let us reap the gifts of each other by being present. And let us reap this gift of each other by being present so that God may be glorified. Let us reap this gift of each other because when we are present, we don't know how God is going to use us to bless someone else, and we don't know how we are going to be blessed by someone else. That's why after prayer is the second vow of membership in the United Methodist Church. Because we cannot be faithful members of the church if we are not present in the ministries of this church. Understood infirmities happen. But I will go to my grave believing firmly that when we embrace this idea that the gifts we've been given are given by God's grace, and when we revolve our life in the church not around our needs, our wants, our desires, but when we root it in being agents of and recipients of God's grace, that's when transformation will truly take place. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org.